Thanks for listening to the Hot Corner On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59, 27-point furnace tune-up and safety checkup including a free one-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to servicepatriots.com. Colorado Little League State Championship is being played this week. Tom, I'm standing here with the little sluggers and some of their parents, and I can't tell you how excited they are. This is the Hot Corner. Little Stan March is the pitcher for the South Park Little League team. Mr. March, you must be very proud of your son. They've worked really hard to get here, Chris. And, you know, I don't like to really trash talk, but I don't think Denver has a chance. With Patrick Harris and Joe Fisher. Oh, well, I'm sure some of the Denver kids' parents would disagree with you. And- oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! South Park is going down! There ain't no way some little mountain kids can beat Denver! Not with my son on second base! On the Odyssey app. Oh, it looks like we got some parental trash talking going on here. Mr. Marsh, any comment? Well, I think that there's a... uh... Mr. Marsh? Who wants to hear from a Mr. Marsh? I am the ultimate Little League trash-talking father. I am the Bat Dad. Bat Dad knows no fear. And 1080. Bat Dad knows no pain. I want you, Marsh. I want you. The Fan. Welcome into the second hour of the Hot Corner. If you missed any of the first hour, you can download that on the Service Patriot Service Patriots podcast. Posting it now. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59, 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free one filter. They also check your AC for free. Visit servicepatriots.com. Come. Fair foul coming up in about a half hour. That's everybody's favorite, so stick around for that. Joe Fisher out having fun tonight, so it's just me and Schultze here. Hump day's fun. Holding with you, on. And no, not in a sexual way. I, I'm like, uh, that's going to be a I drop. like hump day in a sexual way. Hump day is fun. Well, when I say hump day is fun with you, and then, then it's like, oh, pause, drop. Ah, I'm just getting used to that on this stage. Yeah, I haven't shaved in a couple in a, in like a week or so because I'm trying to bring the mustache back. So I get it, dude. If, you, if you're not into me right now, I get it, dude. Just just wait a little bit. The like, mustache will be back. Like I said on the podcast, go back and listen in the first hour wherever you get them. I, I can smell <clears> you <throat> through the glass, bro. So, <laughs> damn. <laughs> uh, I want to slide into this uh, Houston Texas and then you series. use a slide-in analogy. So, I, uh, all right, all right, I'm moving on, but damn, you're good at this. Dude, softballs, man, softballs. Dude. <laughs> Professional here, you know. I've been doing this crappy show for eight years, Jordan. I got it figured out a little bit. I actually, and I'm, I am going to say this on the air, I was like, should I? Yeah, I, I went back because uh, 1080 The Fan, we're starting to, like, get YouTube live streams up again. So I've gone back and watched some of the content on the 1080 The Fan page, and one video I came across today was your round two of Hunt for the Host. And Is that the one in my, I'm in the too tight shirt? It, dude, you look fine. Yeah, okay. I think you were wearing a too tight shirt and your hat, and you were, uh, it was a, a segment on Facebook, and if uh, Facebook were a human, they'd be walking down the street with a cello and everybody would throw stuff at him. That's pretty good, wow, dude. I don't even remember that. Well, I, I just <clears throat> it struck me as odd because it sounds like, unfortunately, the way that they ran Hunt for the Host, and, and I'll, I'd say this to Jeff's face, I'd say this to Isaac and Suk, it's like, you guys, you were up there doing almost like stand-up yeah. work. Because you had to do like a, it was a club segment, so, so and they spun a wheel and Facebook was the thing that came up and 
that just that's funny to me. It's like so. All right, we want a stand-up comedian for a sports radio show, which I get, but at the same time, it's like I want to hear you talk sports. It well, was very uh, funny. But <clears throat> you did you did great. That's not my point in this. You did awesome. It was just very funny to see the whole setup and the whole shebang, and and I, you involved in it. I appreciate that because the club challenge was what doomed me the first year of Ten Eight of the Fan really? of Hunt for the Host. Yeah, we got to the club where it was the week where it's like, okay, you got to be funny like like the primetime boys, and I bombed. So I was like, dude, I just want to talk about sports. Smart. I don't want to goof off. And I completely bombed and was eliminated. And the next year, snuck by by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. I don't remember that. The rants that I remember is, I'll never forget my opening, my, like, preliminary round audition for year two. I talked about Richard Sherman and how corners were becoming the new wide receiver divas. Because it was like him and Darrell Revis and uh, uh, who's the guy? Ed Reed. No, not uh, well, Ed Reed had been gone, but I mean, uh, and who's the guy that, oh, Champ Bailey. Oh. And like just a lot of great corners and safeties that were starting to be kind of diva esque, like wide receivers. And in other, in a non shocking moment, I also got up there and defended. Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> yes, why we're just talking about what why you shouldn't is. hate Alex Rodriguez? This is before all the biogenesis <laughs> stuff, so it's a oh, hot this take exposed. This was before one of two steroid admissions. Yeah, yeah, but I was kind of like, guys, you, just because you don't like the dude doesn't mean he's not a bona fide first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, and as I said in the last hour, yes, it does mean yeah. that he's not a not a, just a first ballot. But if he's not likable, he ain't a Hall of Famer at all. Yeah, and the last thing, uh, the last thing I'll say is I'm done touting myself for being awesome to host this crappy baseball show for eight years uh is the second year the year i won we had a moment where you got to interview isaac and Suk. but as someone else right what do you mean so I thought I saw a bunch of people like uh, such and such interviewing Danica Patrick or such and such interviewing like, you know, like a celebrity. Like, but but it wasn't them. Oh, it maybe was... no. This okay. was interview. Okay, them. I got you. Like right. or like have a segment with them. Oh, see that's cool. Have a segment that's with a big them. Deal. And everybody that went up there, and I think this was a big thing. And I I I, I would bet to say that Jeff Sacramento would agree with it. It was a big game changer for me. Because everybody went up there and people were like, so, dude, the Seahawks this weekend, like, what do you got? Or somebody was like, yo, the Blazers, like, how do the Blazers get out of this? Wait, the, the contestants did that? Yeah, with, with Isaac and Suk. And so Isaac and Suk did their professionalism and they talked about, okay, well, the Blazers got to do this and they got to do that. And the Seahawks got to do this and they got to do that. Oh, they asked yeah, them, like, yeah. sports opinions questions. Like, yeah, Isaac giving a real dirty, like, very, very detailed sports opinion. Right, yeah. right. And I got up there and I asked them how they show prep. Oh. Do you listen to other shows? What articles do you read? You're so smart. How do you how do you take your bias out of it? You hacked the and, challenge. And I remember I didn't know Jason and Isaac at the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at them and they had a moment where they looked at each other and they were like, I like this guy. This guy knows what he's doing. And I got done with it and they shook my hand and Isaac looked at me and I, he was like, Hey, that was really great. And I was like, huh, huh, huh. Oh and now God. I just now I just come to the studio and talk S to him. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's the point. Yeah, that, that, that was a lot of fun. I made a lot of cool friends. Uh, shout out to my boy Rashad. Uh, him and I, uh, two years. You know, he was a he was a a, a a judge the second year. But I was he would always kind of like you got my back, right? Like you got like, me, got you, you got me. Got that's funny. No, yeah. and sorry to derail it, but no, man, no, it's just, okay, it was funny dude. to see that. And that, I, I don't uh, talk yeah. about Hunt for the Host a whole lot, and uh, it's it's fun to kind of go back and.
relive some of that. I'm Life's sure a journey, were, man. I'm sure there were people that were better than me. You know, all the stand-up guys were hilarious and didn't advance very far. Well, yeah, because they can't talk sports. They're like, it's like, well, what do you think about the Blazers lineup? And they're like, well, I, I guess if it was eight or nine years ago, it was maybe just as Dame was getting there. So I like that new kid, Dame. You got anything else? Uh, is Rudy still there? <laughs> they had nothing. One guy spun the wheel and he got Hope Solo. And this was in the middle of like... And this was before her, her uh, sex pictures No, it's came like out, right? it was like in the middle of her and uh, Jeremy Stevens' divorce and getting a DU. Or not Jeremy Stevens. Who was her ex-husband? Uh, some soccer player. Uh, no, it was a tight end in the NFL. Oh, you're right. A- anyway, and there was like domestic violence issues yeah. on both of them and Deweys and stuff like that. And the guy who spun it and got Hope Solo didn't know who she was. Oh, see, that's And spent his whole segment talking about Han Solo. Like it was Hope Solo. Now, did you? And have, it was funny, but it didn't work. Did you have your phones in your hand? Nope. Oh, so you couldn't. So they they did. They protected you know any any last minute prep or anything yeah, like that. You stood up there and the wheel spun and it was like. And it was all what was in. I in spun your the wheel brain. and got Facebook and was like, oh my god, I'm gonna get eliminated again. I'm out. <laughs> no, you did. I'm great. out. I'm host. Good for you. All right, let's get back into baseball. The Houston Astros won Game Three tonight. No home team has won a game yet. That keeps the Rangers up in the series. Two games to one. Final score tonight, 8-5. And I'll tell you what, that score tonight is a lot closer than the game felt. I don't know if you feel that way, Jordan, but I thought tonight was Houston finally coming out and saying, okay, yeah. we're the Astros. You might have shut down Alvarez a little bit, but you you can't stop him. You know, the old Stewart's, is it? I don't remember if it's Dan Patrick or Stuart Scott, but you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain yeah, them. Yeah, I can't remember which one. Said. I can't. It's it's one of those goats. R.I.P. Stuart Scott. Um, and uh, so that was on display tonight. Altuve looked good tonight. Jordan Alvarez looked good tonight. Kyle Tucker with two really big walks tonight. That's walks are so undersold, man. Yeah, and Christian Javier was excellent. Do you know that this was his first runs given up in a postseason start in his career? I did not. Yeah, that's impressive. I've always liked Javier. He just can't seem to put it together in the regular season. But last year in the World Series, in the playoffs, he was lights out. Um, so today was Houston's kind of, hey, we're back. Corey Seager went 0 for 4. I don't expect that to happen again. He went Probably 0 for not. 4 tonight and is still batting 333 in the entire yep. postseason. Like, I don't expect that to happen tonight. Well, that lineup 1-9 to nine is stacked. By Texas, it's absolutely yeah. stacked. Absolutely. I mean, your, your 8 hitter had 2 dingers tonight, responsible for 4 RBIs of your 5 runs scored. Like, this team can beat you in so many places. Houston kind of woke up, and dare I say, as we talk about it now before we, you know, go to looking forward, my man, I think we might be done with Max Scherzer. I was kind of wondering that. These these big veteran pitchers coming back after injury, highly paid dudes, w- w- was this a rush back for him? I mean, yeah. Yeah, and I'm totally willing to wash the slate because I think a full offseason, get healthy, get those little minor tweak surgeries you need or something. And Max is a competitor, you know. I mean, he's he's one of the craziest dudes in baseball. He's easily hateable but easily watchable. Of course. And so I'm not really to write him off, but I'm starting to wonder, is it time to remember the good starts of Max and don't let these bad starts ruin your thought? Like, I will not let... Kershaw against the Diamondbacks changed my opinion of Kershaw. Has he struggled in the playoffs? Yes. Does he have a career 2-5 ERA in the regular season? Yes. So I'm going to lean more towards that 
of being a dominant pitcher than getting shelled in game one against the Diamondbacks team who was lucky to be there. I'm just starting to wonder if I should start to take that approach with Max. I mean, I want to say yes, but then I think of like moving on too soon from Randy Johnson and then he won three Cy Young awards in a row. Is that going to happen, you know, from 01 to 03 with sure. an amazing? No. Roger Clemens in his 40s was as good as he was in his 20s. Now, yes, we know why. <laughs> vitamin but, B12. But yeah. we didn't know that at the time. <laughs> no. You're just looking at the guy like, holy S. Well, Andy was taking Vioxx like they were Skittles, and that is a Roger Clemens quote, and Vioxx is not legal anymore. But, but now Max Scherzer, he's had a very long career, but he is still, in pitching terms, he's only 39 years old. The guy could have five more great years in baseball. It's not unheard of. Could he, though? I feel like him and Verlander are the outliers in this situation. How many pitchers are that good, not on stuff, Not many. in their 40s? I mean, Jamie Moyer, you think of... Julio Franco, uh, Tom Tom Glavin, um, yeah. Greg Maddox, you know, and, and and they they even lost it near the end. Randy, and, he lost it near and, the end, and they had to throw junk. Yeah. They didn't have heaters. They had to throw junk. These guys are fastball pitchers. Uh, him and Verlander. So I'm just yeah, that's I'm a little worried because yeah, was he rushed back? Do you still feel good if you're Bochi or if you're a Rangers fan that Scherzer's on the mound? Yeah, dude. There was a, there's a six-year stretch where he could throw a no-no every time he went out there. I mean, I guess it's up to him at this point because there is a point for every pitcher. You're going to lose velocity. I mean, it is hard to sustain going out and throwing six innings as a starter and throwing 100 miles an hour. You know, Verlander may have that, like, in the first mm-hmm. or second inning, but that, that does start to drop. So can you... Felix Hernandez did this very, very well as his velocity dropped for a couple of years. You know, he used that breaking ball. That changeup mm. was one of the most devastating. It was almost like a Johan Santana changeup. Right. In MLB, that was like the best breaking ball of any pitcher. Now, can you locate and use that? So I guess it's really up to him. Does he want to become that guy? Does he want to depend a little less on throwing hard and locating? Does he want to stay in the league longer? I would think most guys answer yes to that question, but dude, he's had so much success. He won a World Series in Detroit. He won a world... I don't know if he left before the Nationals, but he had good years with the Nationals. He won a World Series. In, so, in, so he's yeah. won two different World Series with two different teams. He's played for great teams his entire career. It's not like a guy that's done what he's done has much left to accomplish, so it's really up to him. Does he want to change the way that he pitches? Is he yeah. okay with that or not? Well, he hates the pitch clock. And that is, see, that there's, there's probably a few guys that got used to it this year, but as they're getting older, it's just like, you know what? Call me old guy yelling on the lawn. Call me a fuddy-duddy, but I just I think I'm done with that, and the game is probably better if I just move on. Yeah, um, uh, before before we go, because um, I do want to get into, I do think starting pitching is going to be everything for the rest of the season, and that's what I'd like to get into next. But I'll, I'll tease this with you, and I'll ask this question. Okay. Is Max Scherzer a liability going forward? Ooh, a 40-plus million-dollar contract, right? Yeah, like in this series... Is, oh, oh, not next. It, no, not in the future. I okay. mean, in this series. Oh, gotcha. Is if he if this gets to game six, game seven, and you got to throw Max Scherzer out there, are you worried because got, of tonight's performance? I've got a great answer for you, but I'm going to save it. Okay, I love it. That is what we call a professional tease. That's Jordan Schultz over there on the ones and twos, filling in for the two spot tonight. Damn. I'm having fun tonight, dude. Dude, this has been fun. This yeah. is, the show's going quick. This Joe been... who? Stay at the concert, dude. See you later, man. It's a really good fun show. All right, we come back. Let's look at what the rest of this series looks like. As God, I hope it goes seven because this is fun baseball. The Hot Corner, Portland Sports Leader. Don't you forget it on 1080 The Fan.
This is the Hot Corner with Patrick Harris and Joe Fisher on the Odyssey app and 1080 The Fan. Take 20 here, or 920 here, excuse me. Daylight savings time in my brain. Or just ducks off season, either one. <laughs> Fair or foul coming up here in about 15 minutes. Uh, but looking at this, we're, we're talking Astros Rangers, and I, I do think this series has great potential to go seven. And for the sake of watching baseball, I hope it does. I Did I hear that? I heard, a, I think I was listening to the boys this morning, and they were talking, if both of these are sweeps, the World Series dates are are set, and so if these were sweeps, we wouldn't have baseball for over a week. That's weird to me. I really hope that's not true. They can't schedule stuff like that. And these, have, I mean, I understand there's concerts. There's other things you got to move around. I actually read a right. story about the D-backs run to the, to the postseason and how a lot of stuff had to be rescheduled at and Chase And heaven Field forbid and- you have to compete against Vikings bucks on a thursday night amazon game get over it it's like dude this is the playoff playoffs so <laughs> it's just funny to see that but but uh yeah yeah it's, it's none of that really matters when it comes to the postseason so, right yeah so let's hope that that doesn't uh that doesn't come to fruition what's really interesting about this series going forward is i feel like everything is opposite day bizarre world um the rangers pitching is dominating Framber Valdez looks looks shell shocked. Uh, that guy was a foundation of my starting rotation in fantasy baseball this year, and a part of the future going forward. And his last two starts in the regular season and in the playoffs, he no looks so good. And Verlander, you know, looks so good. Thank God you got Christian Javier. But Jordan Montgomery, he look he looked real good. Yeah. He looked real good. And who threw game two? Who? Oh. Nathan Eovaldi, been here, done that. I know how to do this. That's why they paid me money. Texas, if they win this, they're going to win it on their starting pitching. And I don't mean it like, if you're going to win this, you've got to stop Michael Penix Jr. No, I don't mean that. I mean, like, if they win this, they're going to do it because their pitching is really good right now. And their bullpen is good. In a shocking turn of events, Bruce Bochy and Mike Maddox are managing that staff brilliantly. Yeah, Scherzer got lit tonight, but I think there's a part of Bruce Bochy that went in tonight going, Scherzer is going to be good for five innings, or he's going to get shelled in four. Bochy's not stupid. I think they knew game three could have been a wash. They're like, you know what? This might be a loss tonight. We stole two on the road. Even if we lose this tonight, we're in the driver's seat. We'll reassess tomorrow. They'll never say that to the media, but right. I guarantee you they have that in the back of their heads. Do you think, despite tonight where Houston looked like Houston, Houston looked like Houston for the first time in this series tonight, do you think the Rangers still have the advantage, or do you think this series is coming back down to earth? Oh, I think the Rangers still have the advantage. I don't really see anything happening. As, I mean, you said 0 for 4 for Corey Seager tonight. I don't see that happening again. They have one of the best infields in baseball. They've got one of the best core of young talents in baseball. I mean, Nathaniel Lowe, he was having a terrible game. I think he struck out twice, still managed to get a base hit late in the game and and kept the line moving for the Texas Rangers. They came back, scored five runs despite feeling like they were down and out. I mean, coming back from a 4 nothing deficit, 
is pretty tough, especially when it's in the first or second inning. And you're going against Houston. Exactly. You know, once once they get to yeah, Neris, demoralizing. once they get to Neris, Abreu, Presley, that's a really tough one, two, three in the bullpen. They're so good. They didn't even include Graveman on the right. ALCS roster. Right. Houston didn't. And and Abreu is going to be a closer in the future. Uh-huh. I wouldn't be shocked if Houston deals Presley next year and makes Abreu the closer. I love him. And, and that's how they did it. But to your point, Jordan, I mean, you nailed it. Marcus Simeon. 0 for 3 tonight. He had a walk, which he scored a run in the first inning. But he's 0 for 3. Corey Seager, 0 for 4. Evan Carter, 1 for 4. Yeah. Garcia, 1 for 4. Jonah Heim, 0 for 4. You can't tell me these guys are going to keep doing that. They haven't done it for the entire postseason. The top five guys in your lineup go 1 for 20. No, thank you. And and it does. It's a little uh, misleading, but the three left on base for Texas that was actually in a big run scoring situation and, yes. and could have gotten them near tying it. So those three runners, I know it was only three runs left on base, but the one major opportunity they had to get there, they failed. And that's, I mean, you can't get there every time. So what are you going to do? As he said, if you're Bochy or if you're Mike <clears throat> Maddox, you're like, hey, it happens. And Michael Brantley struggles. He was in the six hole yesterday. Or in game two, he was in the two-hole tonight, 0 for 5 tonight, pop-up, pop-up, pop-up grounder, and a strikeout. Alex Bregman, 0 for 4 tonight. But good. But the beast rears its ugly head, and Jordan Alvarez said hi. And so did Jose Altuve. Uh, Jordan Alvarez went 2 for 4 tonight, and that's not giving him credit for a home run that he hit that Tavares stole. Oh, yeah. By the way, great catch. catch yeah. Great catch. Like so, you said, the two walks by Tucker as well. Huge. Yeah, so I think I think Bochi and Texas knows the plan. The plan is let Altuve struggle because he struggled. Outside of tonight, he struggled this whole playoff. Yeah. he. I know he had a leadoff. He had another leadoff home run earlier. I can't remember if it was against Texas or if against Minnesota, but he has struggled. Bregman's been equally as bad. But that guy, Jordan Alvarez, you just can't get around. And I think Bochi knows that. And if you can minimize the damage from Alvarez, let these guys play it out. The, the big surprise for me is the Jose Abreu. Like, why is this guy all of a sudden good? But I think Houston is showing those cracks. And I think against a manager like Bochi, that's really dangerous. I Because I feel... he's going to attack those guys. Altuve and Bregman are used to, are used to like being pitched carefully to and now they're being attacked and that i think is genius yeah but unfortunately it looks like like a bray who all of a sudden playing well has replaced like josh reddick in the lineup who was kind of just that forgotten sure. six seven hitter but all this i mean but had he, huge hits in their window when they run to a world every series every single time man crazy i just i you know what houston i hope they don't win but they do you're right the cracks are showing but dang dude they still have the talent and that that acquisition of justin verlander makes them scary they were already of course and i have more faith in verlander now than i do scherzer yeah oh big time I big mean, time i think verlander has he, he we were just asking about scherzer and we'll get to that uh, finishing that tease but verlander guaranteed has like five six seven more years well what is he 45 at the top i don't think he'll be pitching till he's 47 but he's got at least three very good seasons and five seasons left in him there there is no there is no chance of him being a liability for the astros anytime soon don't forget his elbow was rebuilt two years ago 
for the first time. Oh, like you mean like Shohei Otani's was <laughs> just to, just to, well, although we still don't exactly know what kind of surgery Shohei, Shohei Shohei's had. on number two. Well, did he have the stabilization? Just ask Big Lou. <laughs> yeah, he's on number two. Did he have this? We don't know this. Did he have the stabilization of his ACL or his UCL, or did he have to full dom- Tommy John surgery? Because there is that newer age where you stabilize the ligaments. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think he had the full surgery. Yeah, the, his agent was very coy. They said a procedure. Right. They, they did not get into what one of the two procedures that it's was. Like, it's like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's aiming to make a return as soon as possible. I'm like, is he in Europe on steroids? Is that what that means? I mean, he was throwing. <laughs> he was throwing this week on the, uh, the on the field before the game. So. Uh, riddle me this: um, Is Max Scherzer a liability for this team going forward? I'm gonna say. If they use him in the right way, no. You got to pull the classic ace starter going to the bullpen, and I think they got to use him that way. So don't start him. No, don't start him. I would honestly, at this point, because they've been in it, because they they pitched through September, either Gray or Heaney is fine with me. What about Perez? Even that. Maybe throw him in, too. There's better options than throwing a a just back from injury Max Scherzer. What you can do, I I mean, using him for like a a maybe secret appearance for three outs or two outs or like the sixth, or if Framber Valdez struggles in game five, you can throw Scherzer, or not, sorry. Not Framber Valdez. Not Framber Valdez, but say Montgomery Montgomery or Eovaldi struggles in game five or game six. He can try to mop it up, or if you see stuff going maybe closer, seventh, eighth, ninth, it looks like it's a tie game, you know, start start him in the tenth. Like, there is a way to use him, but unfortunately, I know he's a $40 million guy, but... They were only going to give him 70 pitches anyways. Personally, yeah. if that if you're limiting <clears throat> him so much, I feel like there's a better way to use him. I know that the leash is short for starting pitchers, especially in the playoffs. They'll take about the second if they've given up three runs. But, paging Kevin Cash, paging uh, Kevin Cash. Thank you. you mm, the Blake Snell <laughs> removal, you cannot, though, you cannot limit your starting pitcher. Yeah. That, that, for me, that screws with your entire game plan, and I feel like Maddox has a lot more options, and Bochi can just go to him late in the game if they don't start him. Yeah, mini T's fair or foul, because that's coming up next. I'll ask you a fair or foul question. Fair or foul, the winner of game four wins this series. Ooh, I like that. Let, let's let, let's keep with the T's, though. Yeah? I'm, I'm not going to answer that now. Oh, God, I love this. This is great. It's too bad nobody's listening. Uh, hey, the two of you out there, we love you. <laughs> bless you. I, I'm, Jobless. I'm, I might do favors for you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're All right. Awesome. We, when we come back, we'll get right into Fair Foul, everybody's favorite. Before we do that, Schultze with sports. This is the Hot Corner with Patrick Harris and Joe Fisher on the Odyssey app and 1080 The Fan. All right, this is Fair or Foul, everybody's favorite. We do it at the bottom of the second hour every single week. We'll be back next week at 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. as we'll have the Ducks Coaches Show following their hosting of my Cougs. And who do they play after that? Arizona? Is it Arizona in two weeks? Mm, if so, man, that's a scary one. It's always, always a scary one if you're a Duck fan, but so is Wazoo. Yeah. But unless you watch the Arizona-Wazoo game, let me tell you, you ain't worried about nothing, amigo. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. Unless Cam Ward decides to not vomit all over himself, but I think that is poltergeist style. That's uh, this is fair or foul. Before we turn it over, Jordan, I'm going to hijack the segment for a hot second. I like it. I like and it. I will ask you, Jordan, fair or foul? The winner of Astros-Rangers Game 4 wins the series. Hmm. 
The winner of Game 4 of the Astros-Rangers wins the series. I'm... I'm going to say... See, that's that's so weird. I'll go fair, because I think it's going to be the Rangers, and a 3-1 lead would be devastating to come back from for Houston. It's not like it's not possible. It is, but Texas up and down. We've been talking about it. Go podcast the show if you want to hear the specifics about each of their bats that we've been talking about, how good they are. I just think 1-9, to nine, they are too good, and... They've got good pitching that's been above their station all year. So, no, a fair foul, I'd say fair, the winner of Game 4. And I do not think it's going to be the Astros. I think it will be the Rangers will win the series. I'm with you. I do think winner of Game 4 wins the series because it either puts Texas in the throttle, um, ready to put the hammer down and end it, or Houston's back in it and you're death by a thousand cuts. And before you know it, it's game six, and they're celebrating going to the World Series. And they're in Texas tomorrow. You know, they're playing at what was the ballpark in Arlington. I can't remember what the hell they call it now. Great American ballpark something. Texas is all about great big stuff. So there you go. The <laughs> great so big, big Texas stadium. It's so great. Let me tell you, nobody's seen how great Urban Grossman is. Uh, yeah, talk talk to Enron Field uh, over in Houston. Yeah. Paging Enron. Paging, uh, what was it? Jeff Skilling. Paging CEO Jeff Skilling. <laughs> all right. Without further ado, we'll turn it over to the normal host of our Fair or Foul segment. Jordan Schultz. I appreciate it. I actually, uh, we only have three this week. That's you great. T- you took some time, so I kind of figured I'd try to shorten mine. So we are sticking with the ALCS and continuing a little bit of the Max Scherzer conversation, but fair or foul, Max Scherzer returned too early to pitch in game three of the ALCS. Coming back from that injury, maybe feeling a little pressure because of the big contract or just he's a, because he's a competitor, came back and the Rangers started him, gave him a 70-pitch hook. For the ALCS, it did not work very well for them at all today. Uh, fair. Big fair. I think he came back too early. He's going to have to have surgery, it sounds like. It sounds like that shoulder that shoulder is not in a good spot. And if you watch today, none of his pitches were in a good spot either. So, yes, I think he was rushed back early. What I, what I think is going to be the most interesting aspect about Scherzer going forward is Bochi. Is I think Bochi threw him in there today saying, you know what? We can lose this game, and I'm not worried about that. No manager will ever say that publicly, but I think Bochi says to himself, hey, this is high risk, high reward. If he goes out there and gets shelled, who cares? We're up two to one then. We'll be just fine. But if he goes out there and does vintage Scherzer and we have a chance to go up 3-0, I'll take that risk. And that's what I think went down today. So the real question is, I believe Montgomery will start tomorrow. I believe Eovaldi in game five. The real question is, does Scherzer start in game six? Did Bochi see all he needed to see? Because I think there's guys out there, I think even though Alex Cora is a good manager, despite me not liking him, I think Alex Cora would put him out there in game six. Dave Roberts, you damn right he's putting him out there in game six. Uh, Even Joe Torre or uh, uh, La Russa or, I mean, hell, even Terry Francona, who I revere, I think they would all put Scherzer out there in game six. I don't know if Bochi's that guy. I think Bochi's the kind of guy that looks at him and says, hey, man, take a seat. We're going to throw gray, and you'll be ready in the bullpen. And if I need to bring you in the fifth, I'll bring you in the fifth. Yeah, guys like him and Dusty Baker have seen it all. Yeah. I feel like they're, they're the more reasoned, kind of just sit back and kind of let it happen in front of them and then play the situation out and make the best decision they, they can with all the info they have. Which is why I want this series to go six or seven, is I want to see what Bochi does with Scherzer. 
because I don't want to go to the World Series if Texas wins tomorrow and then wins Game 5. I don't want to go to the World Series with Scherzer on the mound Game 1 and Schwar bombs and Harper bombs <laughs> and Turner bombs and Real Muto bombs and deep drives to left by Castellanos. I don't want to see that in Game 1 of the World Series. I want to see the drama before it unfolds. So if he does throw and Texas does get to the World Series, then I think we really know what Bochy will do with Scherzer. Yeah, I also, I agree that this is fair. I think Scherzer returned too early. It's obviously a situation of is a guy that's at 60% that's won a Cy Young or two, is he better than my fourth Future or fifth first guy? ballot Hall of Famer, yeah. I'll take a flyer. And we're, we're trying to weigh it. And as you said, I do agree he came back too early. However, as we've pointed out, this was maybe somewhat not a gimme game to Houston, but it's okay in Bruce Bochy and Mike Maddox's mind if I lose this game. Every manager, of course, wants to sweep every playoff series they get into, but we're realistic. They know that's not going to happen, and as we're just talking about this very old-school kind of... I don't really feel like they plan things like some of the analytics guys do before the game. Bochy... And Dusty Baker making that decision in the moment. I think Bochi is too smart yeah. to, to know, like, it's baseball, man. You lose games. And I think tonight he said, I'm willing to lose this game. And Dusty Baker probably went into this game and said, I cannot lose this exactly. game. Exactly. I cannot lose this game. He pulled Javier when he needed to, and he brought in all the studs while they were up. You know, Abreu gave up a run. Neris gave up two runs, but Dusty Baker said, I have to have this win tonight. Yeah, I have to. Just because of that reason, I really wish wish that uh, Brochi would have gone with Haney or Gray. Just somebody yeah. else and then maybe through. I'm with you. Through Scherzer in late. All right, fair foul number two. <laughs> Dave Roberts has kept his job. Oh, God. Are we doing this? We are doing this. The uh, Dodgers have come out and, uh, what was it, Andrew Friedman or whichever one of their suits that makes a lot of money to make stupid decisions announced that Dave Roberts will be back as manager in 2024. I'm not shocked. Um, I'm not shocked either. But I, I, I am a little they maybe took a week before making that call. They took less time, or they took a little bit more time than the Mariners to make the decision, but they made that decision very quickly. So fair or foul, I know they've already appeared in a couple of World Series. They won the COVID World Series. They've made the National League Championship Series. I think five out of seven years, Dave Roberts has been there. So fair or foul, the Dodgers will never appear in another World Series with Dave Roberts at the helm. Ooh. Fair or foul? Because I, I know you don't like him. Dirty question. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of not the biggest fan of him, Ooh. but he's had success. So will sure, he get of to course. another World Series? Well, I think what's what's interesting, and I think a lot of this is going to be Roberts' scapegoat. Okay. Which is why, you know, this is the second year of the six, seven years that he's been there that we've been asking the question at the end of the season, should he go? I'm not shocked they brought him back. But it's the second time we've had this conversation which leads me to believe, is next year a make-it-or-break-it kind of year for him? The flip side is the Dodger organization is run very well. That minor league system is run very well. They are not stupid people in that front office. This team has a lot of issues. You can pile up regular season wins. The Braves, I would argue the Braves didn't show up. They don't have a lot of issues. The Braves just kind of didn't show up. The Dodgers, you can compile wins against, you know, Colorado and a fading Dodgers team and an underperforming Padres team all year if you want. But when it came to the playoffs, it exposed they have a lot of problems. They need starter depth. They need bullpen depth. They need batting depth. They need depth all over the place. And so 
I think his job is going to be safe until they start correcting those. The question is, will he outlast it? I don't think they'll win another World Series. And it's a shame because Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts are two of the best players in baseball. Will Smith is a great upcoming player. I don't think he has the chops to do it. And I think that the Dodgers are at least two or three years away. Bobby Miller is great. Yeah. Um, but if Kershaw goes, is Bobby Miller your ace? Got that kid Pepio as well. Right. But is, is, if Kershaw were to retire, is Bobby Miller your opening day starter? If so, bring the alarm. No, nah, they'll bring back Urias probably. They'll say, ah, oh, he got past <laughs> the charges. He's, he's back. Maybe, we, we maybe got Bauer's him back. back. We got him back on the beer. So I'll, I'll, I'll say fair. Yeah, I don't think they win another World Series with Dave Roberts at the helm. I'm going to add to your point and say fair as well, just because there's such a... I think MLB does try to have some sense of parity. They don't want the Arizona Diamondbacks in the World Series. You know, they'd much rather have Phillies be whoever the hell's going to win in the AL. I assume they want Phillies Astros. Exactly. But, but you know, for, for the uh, for the repeat, and everybody going to be advertising that out their booties. But um, with Dave Roberts at the helm, they've already had so much success. It, it is just hard to sustain a World Series appearance, NLCS, World Series appearance, NLCS. I will say fair because I do think his best time are behind him. They had a lot of really good players. Bellinger's moved on. Mookie Betts is there, but Corey Seager's moved on. So they don't. Justin have the, Turner's moved on. Yeah, they don't have that. Core Trevor Bauer's gone. Julio Urias is gone. Yeah. Max Scherzer is gone. Yeah, I'll say fair. I will say fair yeah. just because of that. All right, last fair or foul question. I had to throw my Mariners in. Had to. So. Mariners GM Jerry Depoto flubbed up big time when he said that he was asking Mariners fans. Um, for their patience more as a favor to them because their success at winning 54% of their games each year is exactly what they're trying to do. And teams sometimes that shoot for the moon too fast, too hard, end up falling on their face and it's a trudge through the shoot mud. Shoot for, for the, the moon team. and you'll land amongst the stars or you'll burn up in the atmosphere. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and so Jerry Depoto, he really stepped in and had to come out and apologize basically the next day on a local Seattle sports radio station. So fair or foul, uh, since then we haven't really heard from him much. Fair or foul, GM Jerry Depoto has done the right thing by shutting up and staying silent since his 54% comment. Well, he, you should, what you should do is you should check out, he went on Brock and Salk yes. on their podcast the next day. Did you hear that when he kind of talked about, that, that was the apology. I was trying to be funny, Yeah, that was but the apology. I'm not a funny yeah. guy. Um, Idiot. I'll tell you what, I felt this at the time. I thought the reaction to, to Depoto was a little over. Okay. I, I thought it was a little much. And the way Depoto explained his, in his apology, quote unquote, if I'm being honest, reminds me of me. He tried to make something make sense and it didn't. And he had to go back. What he is saying and what I learned from his apology and what I initially thought is he is saying in baseball, yeah. if you are constantly in the conversation, more often than not, the stats show it. Not only do you appear in a World Series, but you most likely win a World Series. And I think that is what he was trying to say. And so to go out there and say, hey, whoops, did not come out. Obviously, we don't want to be mediocre, but we need to build a team that has long-term sustained success. Deuces, I'm out. I thought that was great. I thought it was the best move to do. You know, I think Depoto will get another job if he is fired. It might not be a sexy job. It might be like, Go build the Rockies, and then right when they're about to pop, we're going to fire you. Or the Marlins or something. Yeah. yeah. But 
this, the, I think this buys him time there. I think he says, look, guys, this is the plan. I'm just an idiot. I will add, I think fair. He he did the right thing by shutting up as well. I was extremely upset as a diehard Bleed the Teal Green Mariners fan. I was amongst the many, many fans screaming at him. Just like, what the hell are you saying? What are you doing? It seems like you don't care. It was nice to hear him just admit, you know what? I word saladed myself. And I text you the next day. I was like, ha, Patrick, you were right, dude. Yep. You, you said that he just talked himself into a hole and yep. essentially couldn't get out. And that is, unfortunately, with, with those comments, just trying to sound like the smartest guy in the room, maybe pulling back the curtain a little too much. Sure. You know, because th there is a baseline, of course, that you want to win every single season. And as they've developed a plan in Seattle, it's obvious that they're shooting for the postseason. And he just failed, I think, to to aggregate that in a, in a, in a good way, and in I a very loquacious way. Yeah, I think he was trying to get ahead of it because this is a disappointing year. This is a disappointing oh, yeah. year. And, it's huge. And fans have every right to be pissed. And I think he was trying to jump in front of it. He just puked on himself. And he it's just like, Cam Ward himself. And you can't do that. You can't say, I'm sorry, you can't try to shine this turd and say this wasn't a disappointing right. year, which what what he was trying to do, it's like, hey, we got to our goal. We don't care. They didn't make the playoffs after making them for the first time in 20 years last yeah. year. You know you signed a bunch of idiots during the offseason. Ragtags that didn't do anything. You needed a big bat. So now you need to go get Otani and another big bat yeah. and either replace Teoscar or re-sign him. Because that you talk about, oh, they need a big bat, but they got to keep Teoscar as well. Yeah, but I, 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 think, I think you said it best is he probably pulled the curtain back too much. Yeah. When Voldemort sat next to me on this show... And Depoto was in Anaheim. We buried him all <laughs> the time, especially Mike. Mike was this guy is a joke. <laughs> Josh Hamilton, C.J. Wilson, Albert Pujols, you name it. Oh, he hit on Mike Trout, but he got lucky that sixteen teams ahead of him didn't take Mike Trout. Yeah. So we used to bang on him. I think he's doing a great job in Seattle. I really do. I think he pulled the curtain too far. Yeah, I, I like what he's doing. I'm really, I'm starting to question Scott Service's game management, sure. though. So, so if we have one more year next year in Seattle where this is like a, a question in July, or they're fighting for the playoffs, they gotta go get a has been there before. They gotta go talk to Joe Madden, Joe Girardi, somebody that's effing been there before. I think Scott Service is a he's a journeyman catcher. I think there are plenty of issues with the Mariners. I don't think Depoto's one of them. No, I I, I hear you, and I liked his his crow eating the next day. And that's right. fair or foul for you. All right, that is fair or foul. Thank you, Jordan. That was a good one. I enjoyed that. We come up, we'll wrap this bad boy up, put a little shiny bow on it. Hot corner to any of the fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Fisher on the Odyssey app and 1080 The Fan. All right, we'll be back next week from 8 to 10, as we always do during Ducks season. We are today the fan home of the Ducks. Damn as the right. coaches show preempts us during the season from 7 to 8. Big game for Oregon this weekend. Uh, they got to bounce back. Uh, Wazoo is always a fickle beast with them. Uh, proud that that is my alma mater. I was at the game. S soon to be... Monsters of the Mountain West, Wazoo. I was at the game after the Michigan beatdown by Oregon with Jason Fife at quarterback in 2004, I believe. And mm. Wazoo beat him. It was like a 60-something to 50 beatdown. So good good job, you cougar. Yeah. You uh, I'll never forget that game. <laughs> ever. Yeah, so big game for Oregon this weekend against Wazoo. Uh, Pre-game coverage starts right here. Tending the fan, home of the Ducks at 8 a.m. 
That leads you up to uh, that. What is that? Center and Saint tailgate. Center and Saint. Then you got. Then you got. Oh, six o'clock. So we're we're center and Saints at six. The pregame for the Ducks with Danny and excuse me, Danny and Dusty. It's Dusty Hera, Andy Dirt Johnson, and Anthony Newman. All actually, and be the down legend with them. Anthony Q. Newman. Yeah, down at the game, leading then, up to Jerry and Jorgie, which is at ten thirty. Which is at ten thirty. Kick is at twelve thirty. Yes. I will be watching this game as a proud Coug alumni. Uh, this is our season. If I'm being honest with you, um, I fully expect to lose to Oregon. Um, I watched a majority of that Oregon UW game, and while most of the time I root for everyone in the stadium to die, um, that was really that was a really fun game. I actually think Oregon is the best team in the Pac-12, despite losing that game. I have no issues with Dan Lanning. I hate this. Let's shut up about fourth down calls, dude. Uh, I, I think, you, got, you just got to do stuff. You the just end of the win first games. half. The end of the first if, half. They hey, man, if the, the kid points, if the kid makes the field goal and Oregon wins in overtime, nobody's they, they're like they had, side caveats. It was a forty-five yard field goal I, at the end. They had a twenty-six yard. It was a chip I shot. I don't. I, yeah, mm. I, the kid makes the field goal. and We're having different conversations. Yeah, but that's it. Shouldn't have come down to the kid <clears> having to make the field goal. That's a whole other show, though. Uh, but for me, uh, I'll be paying attention to Wazoo. I expect to lose this game, but we cannot. We cannot look like we did last week. That game against Arizona was absolutely embarrassing. Um, as this, you know, triangle of mid mid tier teams, I want to finish better than Oregon State and UCLA. Do not do this to me. I have a chance to finish better than USC. Do not do this to me. I'm okay with losing to Oregon on Saturday, but please lose by like 14, something admirable, 17. You lose 44 to 6 after you scored the first six. I can't handle that, man. The old ticker ain't going to stand for it. They've played teams well this year. I, I don't think it's going to be a beatdown. I think Oregon has some things to get right. And I would assume, I, I mean, I know Dan Lanning said he can take the criticism, but deep down, he's probably questioning a couple of the calls that he made, and they might play a little more conservative because of that. That's well, just my prediction. That's what happens when you're a man my age in, in control of a. One billion dollar entity that is the Oregon Ducks football program. Yeah, dude, Kenny Dillingham's younger than I am down at ESPN. Right, I'm isn't that nuts? He's like thirty three. Guys, that, at my wedding. Isn't that nuts? God. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, me and Josh McDaniels are going out for beers tonight. All right, that'll do it for us. We'll be back next week. Joe will be back in the house. Uh, if you missed any of it, make sure you get the Service Patriots podcast. Is your home Service Patriots is your home for comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. Jordan, I had a wonderful evening with you tonight. Thanks, uh, I will see you next week and go do something I would do.